Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Slinsky, aka the Running Wine Mom. Today, we have a fantastic guest joining us. She's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, prenatal and postnatal exercise specialist, and a certified fitness professional. With a passion for building a balanced and integrative approach to health, she combines tailored nutrition and fitness elements to provide personalized plans for her clients. Joining us today, Anita Merchandani, who holds a BA in Spanish and Latin American Studies and an MS in Clinical Nutrition, both from New York University. Anita's unique background in exercise science, coupled with her personal training cert, allows her to offer holistic wellness solutions. Beyond her professional endeavors, Anita is a mom of two boys, an adventurer, and a lover of cooking, baking, and of course, wine in some moderation. <laughs> Today, we'll be diving into various aspects of nutrition, fitness, and wellness. So grab your favorite drinks, sit back, and join us. Welcome, Anita. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. We have so much to talk about today. So normally in my podcast, we do uh, family and fitness first, but we have way too much to talk about today. So we're just going to start off with the wine, wine and win of the week, and then we'll get into the meat of the podcast. So what is your W-I-N-E wine of the week? Um, it's a Sancerre. I know it's winter still, but I feel like I have transitioned to just loving white wines. Um, and the Sancerre pairs with everything. And I don't feel so, you know, so bad after if I have, you know, a glass or two above moderation. So it works well. Awesome. And what is your W-H-I-N-E of the week? Um, well, you know, we're in February. It's the second week. I think the groundhog didn't see a shadow. <laughs> but it's freezing. So I'm just like, I'm feeling like there's a low motivation factor here. So mm -hmm. trying real hard to just rally and, and, you know, rise above and look like plan ahead for like the warmer months, like just keep myself on track. I know. And I feel as though, um, like this past weekend, I was like, I don't know what's happening with me, but I just feel so down and just, but I just, the darkness and the no sun, it's been raining and it's cold and it's just, you know, I've been like popping vitamin D supplements. Like, yeah, we <laughs> too. It's it's depressing. Um. So, what is your win? Of, what is your win of the week? Um. My win of the week is that I had probably three goals for myself. Like, I wanted to be able to connect with three different people, and I sent those outreach emails last week, and I got responses from all of them. Um. By this morning, it doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't have to be like positive, but at least I got a response. And yeah. so I feel like it's good. Like I'm, you know, putting myself out there and there's some communication that's coming back. Yeah. Putting yourself out there is definitely something that like I always talk about in regards to my podcast too, where like reaching out to guests or people or guests reaching out to me, people are always like, well, how do you, you know, how do you get guests or how do guests come on? And I'm like, you literally just have to network. But I just think reaching out, there's no harm in reaching out to people. I think it's a great thing and it gives you confidence to keep reaching out to more people. And virtually they can't see you. So it works out well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, if they say no, uh, they, that's all fine. Good. Yeah, it's all good. Um, all right. So as I mentioned, we have so much to talk about today um, and we're going to get right into it. So I want to talk about first, we're going to start off with building kind of a balanced approach to nutrition, health and wellness. Um, you have kind of mentioned that your focus is building a balanced and um, integrative approach to health by combining tailored nutrition and fitness elements. This is the perfect combo for people that they need. How about, um, could you elaborate for the listeners on how this approach contributes to overall well-being and how you personalize your plans for your clients? Yep, definitely. So, I mean, I would like to start off by saying that every person is different and every lifestyle is different and schedule and logistics, right? So I, I like to sort of take apart what people's, you know, 
major commitment is for the day and kind of find pockets that that would work to slip in some of these healthy, like optimal practices. When it comes to balancing fitness and nutrition, the first things first, I prioritize food because without fuel, you can't function. I go through the day and basically talk about the key meals and how to how to make each meal give you that sustenance you need. Um, and I work on the circadian rhythm. So the way that it works is like when you wake up, you know, you your body wakes up when it, you know, maybe with an alarm clock or when your child comes in your room, but it's really been awake due to its own holistic self, maybe a couple hours earlier, kind of following the sunrise sunset method. And so I like to educate people on that because they, I guess everyone just forgets, like they wake up and they're like, I need coffee. I'm like, actually your body can, it's, 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 it's functioning just fine. You can push coffee to like 9am, 10am, um, maybe hydrate a little bit, get yourself going. There's like three or four other things, believe it or not, that you could do. Um, in the morning to optimize your body's energy levels and then get into the coffee because that'll give you that sustenance till, you know, past three o'clock where you feel that sugar dump and you need mm -hmm. to have extra pick me up usually. And that's when a lot of people have their second cup of coffee. And I'm usually, that's when I'm like, nope, you got to cap your caffeine, you know, by like noon, noonish. I pretty much say between 12 and 1230, you stop, stop your caffeine intake. So, you know, it's really working on that rhythm and then kind of explaining to people that if you're not eating throughout the day and then you end up eating a big dinner, number one, you're going to feel very lethargic, like as you get an approach to that dinner time. And number two, you're going to eat such a big meal. You're going to feel really uncomfortable. A lot of times people are like, you know, I feel, I feel I have starving. I eat. And then I just feel like, you know, bloated or uncomfortable or, you know, just heavy. And, you know, then I just want to like lay down and it's like, actually your dinner should be your lightest meal because you're not doing, your body's already kind of setting in its sleep mode. Your body's already kind of releasing its melatonin and kind of going into that rhythm of, okay, I'm going to start relaxing now. Um, and you can kind of stop doing any kind of activity that's going to inhibit my relaxation process, which is why I'm sure you've heard the word strain. And if you are pushing yourself past that normal circadian rhythms, you know, cycle, you are adding strain to your body. You're adding strain to your organs. You are adding strain to your routine and you're adding stress. So it's actually counter, you know, counterintuitive, counteractive to the, to the process that you're trying to build. So yeah, I kind of have to go through that, that sort of education <laughs> first. And then people sort of like, oh, and then it's yeah. like small tips and tricks that we work through for every part of it. So what do you think the best thing that someone should do in the morning instead of coffee if they're stuck on that? First of all, don't get me wrong. I love my coffee. It yeah. is like, when I wake up in the morning, I'm literally like, how long until I have that cup? So it's definitely, mm -hmm. it's there. But usually what I typically do is, you know, obviously there's the morning routine just to get ready. Um, but then I pretty much force myself to hydrate. I'm like, just drink mm -hmm. that water because you're going to, you need it. Because my mouth feels parched a lot of times, especially in the winter with the dryness of the air. Mm -hmm. You might have a mister or humidifier, but you it's it's just dry. You feel dry. So hydrate immediately. Hydrate if you can. Do a little bit of lemon water, like anywhere between 8 and 12 ounces. I highly recommend it. Um, I usually just squeeze lemon from, like, I'll squeeze a bunch of lemon in a cup and leave it in the fridge for, like, two days and then just pour my, you know, tablespoon worthy and just mix it into water. Mm, yeah. Um, and then I drink it on my way to dropping my kids off to school. So it's like, it's like I've done, it's like, it's like a treat to myself when I come home and I get to have my <laughs> um, I also recommend if you can, and you have the ability to face a window with sunlight, if you have a terrace, if you have a patio, if you have, you know, any access to just getting some sunlight and just like 
breathing, even opening a window, breathing the fresh air, um, that sort of just wakes you up and kind of gives you a little bit of mojo. Um, I don't typically have time to journal, but I do have clients. I do, I do try to tell people like, you know, maybe just write down three things you want to get done today. Just write it down. This way you have it, it's out there. And you've kind of sort of gotten yourself like, cause a lot of people, you know, you wake up, you feel a little frazzled and you hear a kid calling your name. You got to get things ready. And so this kind of like slows down the momentum a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, I pretty much would say that if you're following a process and, you know, I'm sure most of the listeners are in the same world that we're in with families and children that by nine ish, it's kind of like, okay, everyone's out of the house. If it's a good day and you can start, you can start your coffee. And the reason I also say that is because when you, when you think about circadian rhythm, you want to give yourself at least 12 hours, if not 14 hours between your last meal the night before and your first meal the next morning. And while this could be um, considered a form of intermittent fasting, I call it circadian rhythm fasting because it's really more intuitive. It's not necessarily like, you know, you have to be so structured and so strict on 16 hours. It's more of like, when did I stop eating? Okay. How long can I give my body to really hydrate and digest and burn, you know, um, fat as the fuel and then kind of get that mojo going. A lot of times I even optimize people's schedules and say, if you get that workout in before your first meal, you're using the, the fat as fuel and it's, you know, it's just going to optimize your, your, um, caloric burn. Yeah. And that's something I feel like a lot of people are torn on if you should eat before your workout or you shouldn't eat before your workout. Cause I'm kind of like a fasted workout person, but then Saturday I like must've had too much time in between because I was like a super hard workout. I didn't eat before I was like seeing stars on Saturday and I'm like, but I'm just not hungry before I work out a lot of right. times. It's not like I'm like not eating on purpose. It's just, that's how I think my body works. I do have a handful of clients that just physically can't have food in their stomach, um, yeah. even if they're doing something low impact. Like, and I think it's also the time of day. Like, if you've already pushed your workout and it's past nine, nine thirty, and you're used to eating something around nine, my suggestion would be then have have your fuel, like mm -hmm. have a little bit of something, and then when you come back, you know, then maximize your intake at that point. It'll be like a breakfast brunch vibe, you know, and then you can kind of restructure your the rest of your meals to fit into the rhythm of your of your time, you know, right. That physically awake. Um, but it doesn't have to be so strict. That's the thing. It's more of like a flow, but the guidance is, is that you try your best to get that fasted workout. And if it fits your schedule to maximize your momentum. Okay. Yeah. That's really good advice. Um, so after your clients have gotten their, um, their nutrition advice, you have a background in exercise science and personal training. Cert. How do you kind of seamlessly combine the fitness program and nutrition support? So whenever I talk, you know, once we kind of get through sort of like the nutrition um, priorities, you know, I talk about, it, it all depends for me on the client. Um, and it's, it's a couple of things. Number one, have they had, what's it, what's their typical go-to of working out? Number two, have they had injuries or, and if they've recovered from the injuries, um, mm -hmm. what are their susceptibilities? You know, like, for example, my husband has had, you know, two, three, almost three knees, full knee surgeries. So wow. You know, there's like, obviously things I'd be like, well, I wouldn't recommend you going cycling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's more of like understanding the, their fitness history um, and then talking through where they are in life today. So for example, what I would probably say for a, a female who's had maybe two to three kids, one kid even in, in their 40s, 
not hitting perimenopause yet, but like kind of like mom life, juggling work, some juggling life, I might say, listen, you probably already have a natural level of stress in your Mm -hmm. body. So maybe, you know, higher intensity workouts may not be beneficial for you. Maybe we got to slow it down to something called low intensity steady state. So that's like maximizing your fat burn without increasing your cortisol levels that counterintuitively adds stress to the body. Hmm. So you know, it depends on that. But then, you know, I've got a guy who's got maybe low energy when he wakes up because he's, you know, he's been working late nights and he needs an endorphin rush and, a, you know, a little bit of mojo, so to speak. Then I might say, hey, buddy, let's get you a 30 minute low, like a low impact, but let's get you cardio. Let's get you maybe like a Peloton cycling or let's mm-hmm. get you into the gym and do like 30 minutes of total body strength training. And I might write down, you know, what day to do what. And I, I, I can give like a full breakdown of like, a leg day, an arm day, a total body day. I mean, and every every workout that I would design also is always focused on the core and or has dynamic stretching before and after. Um, I encourage, I pretty much write down in all the routines, you know, at least 10 minutes of foam rolling every day and, and really stretching um, and some sort of like rejuvenation sort of um, therapeutic treatments. So whether it's like rubbing some CBD cream on what I feel might be achy areas after a certain workouts or um, eucalyptus or soaking in Epsom salt, things like that. I usually will guide them to, so that the, the workout and the recovery is, is sort of that momentum is still there. Yeah. And I never really thought about the fact that, especially as parents, we're so stressed already. And then to add in a stressful workout, like I don't know why I feel like that's like an aha moment for me. I have been really liking the more low impact workouts recently, but I'm like, that's not who I normally am, but it makes sense if that's kind of what your body is, your is needing. Needing, Yeah. So I, so it's funny. I was in New York city in the era of the boutique fitness boom and in mm-hmm. the era of when those obstacle challenge courses were becoming popular, like the tough mm-hmm. mutters and the mm-hmm. spark. And I remember doing a couple of them with a group of like with the gym that I was part of. And it was like, you know, super high intensity. And I was wiped and I would check my heart rate on my my, like a Garmin fit tracker. And I'd be like, oh, I burned like, you know, 760 calories. And it was like, yeah. And, you know, flash forward to like even two years ago doing that, I am wiped and I don't even have the Mm -hmm. energy to like sustain the rest of the day. So I was like, something's got to change here. Um, and if I want to achieve the same results and, but still feel like motivated and energized to do everything else that I need to do so that I'm not like sitting horizontal at like eight 30 mm-hmm. and I got to like revamp some of that. So that's when like, I started like doing a little research and trying to figure out what, what is it that physiologically happens to us? And it's more of the, the, the consistency we have to lift weights and, or have some strength, whether it's body weight or with with resistance, um, to maintain muscle definition. And we need the cardiac to keep the blood flow and the output going. So for heart health. So they're both equally as important, but they neither one of them has to be high intensity. That's great advice. And so to kind of elaborate on that a little bit, maybe we can talk about some wellness hacks for busy parents, because getting in workouts while you are a parent, I know so many people struggle with that and can't find balance. Um, what are some practical wellness hacks that maybe you recommend to clients, especially those who are really juggling multiple responsibilities? Absolutely. So when it comes to the nutrition side, I feel like a lot of people struggle with getting a meal put together for their kids and 
themselves and their significant other. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I might map out like, what are the, what are like, we do it by macro. So we're like, what are the two or three proteins that your family might eat? And what are the, you know, handful of vegetables that you could introduce or that your, your children will be accepting of? Um, And, you know, what are the starches you pretty much could always have on hand? And I kind of map out their schedule for them to first figure out what those are and when could they prepare those things. Um, So for me, the two biggest hacks I do are I will do groceries pretty much and I will have it arrive if not Sunday, because maybe Sunday is a uh, you know, very hectic day, Monday. So Monday morning, the groceries arrive and I, if I don't go to the store, sometimes I go to Trader Joe's first thing Monday morning if, I, if it's like mm-hmm. a hustle, but sometimes I get like a delivery service um, and that I've, like a membership that I've had. So it, it all depends. But if I get the groceries and I usually will say, prioritize your proteins and have them mapped out. So pick three recipes that you want for the week and let's go ahead and prepare them in the sense we prep them. So if it's chicken thighs in, um, you know, like a cilantro lime, get that, you know, get that stuff, the seasoning and everything ready. So the other thing is I also can educate them to make some of these marinades and seasonings ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So basically what I'm trying to say is not everything happens at that moment. So their groceries come in, they've already got their seasonings ready. They're throwing everything into a bag and they're putting it in the freezer unless they're going to cook it that day. So this way, like, you know, three days a week, they have something ready to thaw and bake maybe while their child is eating, or maybe they have a um, childcare at home that can help, you know, prep some of the food, or maybe they're working from home and they can put stuff in while they're on a call, you know, however they can balance that, that momentum. Um, and so that's one thing. Um, and the other thing I always usually say is make vegetables and or a starch for like minimum three days. And mm-hmm. so usually it's like a big pot of rice or a big thing of pasta or a big thing of sauteed potatoes. Um, and then for vegetables, I, I always just do like a big, I always just give like a recipe that I love. It's just like a sheet pan vegetables. Mm-hmm. So it's like two to three vegetables, easy to roast or easy to bake, you know, drizzle some, you know, sea salt. And I usually do um, ghee butter, like ghee butter spray, mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory, and I like it better. And I mean, there's all this movement, also conversations on seed oils and things like that. So I love the ghee spray. Spray it on, or sometimes if I want it a little nuttier texture, I'll just drizzle chunks, like two or three globs of coconut oil because it just melts on its own. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll add the seasoning after because I'll just mix it all together. Um, mm. And I do love a, um, this company. They're called Flavor God. I don't know if you've heard of them. Mm-mm. It's this guy. He's like, I would say either he's a chef or he's he's just a guy who likes to be a chef kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But he makes his own seasonings and he sells them. Um, mm. It's um, direct to consumer. And it's basically your way of not having to add extra salt. So he Ooh. launched products in the era of like, you know, be cognizant of how much sodium you're putting into your food to make it taste good. And he has like a no salt mix. He has um, an everything um, seasoning mix, like an everything. So it's got onion and the garlic and the pepper and the, and um, he has a garlic lovers. He has a pizza lovers. Mm. Um, So I love it. So I buy a bunch of his seasonings and I mix match based on like, I, and I, and I'll advise based on like people's, you know, um, to taste buds or desired meals kind of like, okay, your child will eat Mexican. So let's, let's do like this. If your child will okay. eat this. And I try to really maximize the parent and child like kind of adoptability because nobody wants to be in a kitchen standing for more than 30 minutes. Like, no. it, <laughs> it's so not feasible. It's, it's, yeah. And like, if somebody's busy and doesn't have time to prep, 
I'll like, I'll be like, let's, let's get you a rotisserie chicken. Mm -hmm. Let's get you, let's get you like some prepared food from like a, I am, I, I more often opt to one of those prepared food sections at like a Whole Foods or like a boutique, you know, like type of store in town because I think it has more to offer than like ordering straight from like a restaurant because Mm -hmm. A, you're paying all these service fees and delivery fees for nothing. Um, And B, you can at least see the food and visually like, take your child on the way home from like pickup and, you know, just grab a few things and, you know, it's, right. it's an image. So that's typically what I, like, I kind of just break down like the, the daunting anxiety of like, how do I put a meal together and sort of just like start with the macro breakdown and then kind of work through, um, you know, advising each process. That's great advice. So that's something that I've tried to implement this year is just literally making protein, making vegetables, making uh, carb or starch for the week and then just figure out how to make it with that because it's so much easier to just come home and it's already made and then you can add sauce or whatever like you're just saying that's and it's so much easier when you don't have the mental like bandwidth you just don't want to do it yeah. yeah and if you can't let's say you come home and your husband might be like oh honey you know what what should we order today like I, I, let's celebrate right if you haven't thought it and it's in your freezer, it's not going to waste. Right. If you thought and you cooked it, you can use it for leftovers for lunch mm-hmm. tomorrow. The other thing is I always tell people like, if you can't get yourself on a protein that's like, you know, you can't get yourself a chicken or a fish or a lean meat. What about eggs? Eggs are like the best underrated protein that you can throw in. You can literally eat six eggs a day. Like there was, there was all these like, you know, studies about like, you know, eggs and cholesterol and like I had to debunk some of it with some of my clients because I'm like, eating eggs doesn't it's, cause high cholesterol. Right. So if you like eggs and you like eggs in various forms, you could do an omelet with vegetables for lunch and you can do scrambled egg burrito, to, like tacos or burritos for dinner. I mean, you could do anything really. Yeah. That's so smart. That's great. Perfect advice. So now we, we talked again about the nutrition. How? What are some simple and effective ways that you can incorporate fitness into your daily routines without feeling like overwhelmed? Especially, I mean, if you have a gym, it's nice. Um, we are very lucky to have a gym with childcare. And I'm like, that's really one oh. of the main reasons I'm surviving parenthood. But I know a lot of people just don't. So what advice would you have for that? I think that if you're living in an, if you're living in a like an urban area like in the city, I think mm-hmm. that inevitably, you know, if you can find yourself getting like five, and it's as little as five to ten minutes. I always tell people, I'm like, I don't need you to stress out about going and get something for forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. That seems unreasonable. Thirty minutes every day is my goal of some kind of movement. So you might be, um, you might have a five to ten minute commute in the morning that counts, and a five to ten minute commute home that counts. Mm-hmm. You might be home and maybe while after your kids go to bed, you might just like put on something and stretch it out. That's like five or 10 minutes right there. It doesn't have to be like sweating crazy like workouts. It could just be like, you know, increasing that blood flow and getting that, you know, sort of like decompressing kind of scenario. Um, If you're living in a house, a lot of times I'm like, go take the stairs a couple of times. You know, it's the invisible, it's invisible housework that I think that people forget like Take your lot, like go instead. If you don't want to work, you don't have time to work out, but you know, you have a lot of stuff to do. Make it, make it a workout, like clean your kid's bathroom, clean your bathroom, grab the laundry baskets, you know, maybe do an extra loop around the house, or, um, you know, maybe you're doing some squats in between the dishes, like little things like that. Like, I mean, they add up, like, and you're right. on your feet, so you're going to yeah. feel tired by the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and especially with a house, it's a lot to manage. So I think that, you know, it's, Understanding, like, if you're in a suburb or if, because 
a lot of times people are like, well, I live in a suburb and I'm in a car a lot. And I'm like, yes, but actually you can use your house to your advantage. Um, one floor, two floors, whatever. Um, I also am just like, sometimes I'm just like, I, I will write like a 10 minute routine. I'm like, if you have a yoga mat, I'm just going to give you 10 minutes, one minute each, 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off of exercises. Right. You will feel so good by the time mm-hmm. you're done. And many of them commit to it. Yeah. And that's, and it's like body weight. You you don't need weights for everything. I think sometimes people just overthink it. They're like, I need to go here and need to do this. And it has to be 45 minutes. And it's like, if you're doing nothing and you add in 10 minutes, that's more than what you were doing. And bonus. I even tell them, you don't have to change your clothes. You can do it in your pajamas. Mm -hmm. You might feel a little sweaty. You might have a little buffalo. You might feel a little energized. Great, whatever. But you don't have to do it. You don't have to change. Like sometimes I even do this for myself. I will roll out of bed. I will foam roll and I'll do my 10 minutes in my room without even a yoga mat on my carpet because I'm like, I don't to just to go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Like I'm just going to do, cause my gym's upstairs. And so I'm like, I don't want to do, I don't want to do right. that. I'll just do it in my own room and I'll feel, I'll feel awake. Yeah. And, then it's, like, and it's a great way to start the day. Um, so another problem that I feel like a lot of parents that I talk to when you're busy, you're just like, mindlessly eating. So what are some tips that you could have for mindfully eating, especially if you're busy and you have like, you're taking the kids here, you're taking the kids there and you're just hungry and um, trying to like keep that for your overall being um, to your schedule. I sort of, I sort of tell people to put reminders in their phone for like it to pop up and be like lunch hour or okay. Snack one or hydration time because a lot of times people do mindless snacking when they haven't hydrated enough because they think they might be hungry, but they're actually probably need to just drink a little bit of water, you know, maybe walk around a little bit. It it could also just be like sort of the mental slumpness that kind of triggers wanting to snack on something. It doesn't always necessarily um, convert to, I actually feel better or I actually feel like, you know, satisfied or satiated. Um, so I usually, I'm like, all right, let's schedule, let's put these in your calendar. So, you know, like if you're feeling something or you're feeling an itch or something, is it close to the time that you're supposed to eat? If it is, if it's within 20 to, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes, make that the meal time. If it's Mm -hmm. not hydrate a little, move a little, stretch a little and see if that urge goes away. Um, and, and if it doesn't, then I, you know, I always arm them with snacks. So I'm usually like, right. At some point, between, if you have your breakfast somewhere around nine, nine, nine-ish in the morning or 9.30 by the time you get to work or if you're working at your desk or at home, you might need a snack around like 11. You might need lunch around 1.30. You might need another snack around 3.34. And then you might need dinner by like 6.30. I mean, that's the optimal sort of time frame. So if you're mm-hmm. in that range and if you're on the go and you haven't been able to achieve one of those things, it's inevitable that you're going to feel hungry by that next time reminder. So it's kind of what their routine is for at least two days. I usually suggest, and I'll create like mini meal ideas for them. Oh, that's a good idea. It's easy to be on the go. For example, um, I'll do an English muffin with um, cheese and tomato. And I'll Mm. usually do like, um, I'll suggest like a bruschetta spread or Mm. they want something heartier. I'll do hummus, you know, like I'll I'll give them mix and match ideas. And and it's really easy to pack and it's easy to eat while you're driving. It doesn't distract. Um, I, I love, I mean, if people don't have big issues with cheese and dairy, I'm always saying like, you know, grab a cheese stick or, um, sometimes I do like, um, like tor- like wraps, like I'll do like a sprouted Ooh. wrap with nut butter and I'll um, suggest like hemp seeds and, or like blueberries or something easy where you can roll up and then just cut in half and just sort of, you know, Ooh. eat. 
That's yummy. There's I'm a, like, um, like oh, I have blueberries upstairs. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, there's a brand called Angelic. It's Angelic Bakehouse, and they have okay. a sprouted wrap that's equivalent, just equivalent to a little bit over one serving size of starch. So oh, you okay. can use the entire – because that's the other thing, right? Some of these things that we buy, like starches, are – actually considerably more than one to one and a half servings or close mm-hmm. to two, sometimes even three. So it's making sure that the portion that you're getting is also within the starch portion because that's the that's the macro you want to be the most strict about because that's the one that directly impacts glucose, blood sugar levels, yeah. and lipid levels. And so I try to like make sure that that is kind of also fills you up, but like right. is within that limit. Um, so what about stress? Um, you know, we talked about nutrition physical fitness, and then obviously parents have a lot of stress balancing work, family, and personal health. What advice would you have to manage the stress effectively? I think the stress for a lot of parents and a lot of like, you know, two two household full-time working uh, couples, I think it's inevitable to have that decompression time between like, you know, 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. and 10 30 p.m. Mm-hmm. For some people who have children who don't sleep easily, it could it could be that the trigger for the stress because they're just like you're just like go to sleep already. Right. Or you're just feeling very um like unsettled and it sort of riles you up inside. You know, you feel like just irritable. Right. Um, I think that it's very easy to be like oh, and then just like toss it up in the air and like go to the pantry and grab some popcorn or some chocolate covered almonds or um, I don't know, whatever floats your boat, you know, bowl of cereal, you name it. So I think it's important to to sort of recognize that that actually like, believe it or not, eating late doesn't positively affect how you sleep. And, okay. how, and so I always talk about this because I always say, listen, the less quality sleep you have, mm-hmm. the more stressed your body is innately, which mm-hmm. means that when you're feeling additional stress, it's only going to escalate your inflammation, like the inflammation your body's right. already feeling. And everyone, it manifests itself differently for every person. So once I kind of address, there's a sleep relationship there mm-hmm. and how sometimes eating late and or drinking that glass of wine doesn't actually, it's kind of like, when you see it on TV or you used to, you know, when it was like the old school, like, oh, I can't wait to just have a glass of wine. It's actually not productive. Um, mm-hmm. What is productive is a hot shower, you know, uh, washing your face and maybe getting, I have a friend who loves doing this. So after her kids go to sleep, she'll wash, she'll wash her face and she'll use one of those facial misters. Oh, yeah. And she'll just sit there and she'll listen to like her favorite <laughs> tunes. Usually it's like 90s hip hop. And she'll just she'll just do this on her face. And it's so funny because she'll she'll send me videos of herself. She'll be like, I'm just zenning out. And it's like, but it's like her happy place. And I'm like, right. she does that. She's relaxed. She'll check, you know, she might get, you know, check her phone, get in her pajamas. And she's like, that's just she just decompresses that way. So right. I always make my clients list down one or two other ways that they that they would ideally like to do to get their stress out without affecting their sleep negatively. And then we kind of implement those strategies. And at the end of the day, if 10 chocolate covered almonds is the trick, I I, I highly recommend it because I'm like, you you can't be restrictive either, you know? Right. Because if you're restrictive, then that's going to impact your behavior the next day. It's just going to, it's going to, it's not going to, the satiety bud has to be satisfied. It has to feel content. Yeah. And I, um, the running wine mom I love wine and I I, I was saying 
from June to December, we've just been nonstop. So January, we pretty much did dry January. And I, you can feel a difference when you're not having that glass of wine at night. And I'm like, I hate to admit it because I love my wine. But I just said to my husband, like, he was he works like the whole week, it was just a very stressful week. And I was like, I normally feel very differently after you're done this week. And I, I don't I'm like, Oh, my God, is that because I haven't been and I, you know, I have had my wine here and there. But um, just not as much as normal. And I'm like, uh, well, no. So the other thing is, like, I don't want people to feel like they can't drink their wine during the week if they need a glass. But that's why, like, I'm like, let's take it back to the happy hours. Yeah. The happy hour is is called a happy hour for a reason. Because it's that transition point between one phase of the day into the next phase of the day. Mm -hmm. And it gets you through that hump to get that to that next phase. And in parenting, that next phase is dinner and bedtime. So if you had a drink between five and six and you're eating dinner with your kids, you know, somewhere around the same time and you're kind of wrapping up everything, because my biggest thing is like, if you can get all food intake, alcohol intake, everything done by seven, seven thirty, that's a win. It's a win for your body. It's a win for your sleep. Um, cycles and it's a win for your overall health. So if you can get that going, then it's a success. So I'm like, try to, if you really need a glass of wine, no judgment, right. have it at five o'clock. Like it's, it's number one, you're going to feel great because right. it's just going to be right what you need. It's not going to make you feel tired or anything. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you want to throw it in the air with your carrots <laughs> and chicken tenders, you go right ahead. Like, I, I don't care. You know, it's yeah. like that, it takes the edge off. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, well, so there's a few different areas of nutrition that I want to kind of go a little bit deeper into. And I want to start a little bit with tri- children's nutrition, because I personally have two toddlers and every day, you never know what you're getting. Like yesterday, they had tons of strawberries and blueberries. They didn't have any cake at any of the parties that we went to yesterday, which was like, just ironic, not like anything purposeful. But um some days they're picky, some days they're not. So what advice do you have for um, parents to kind of encourage a diverse and nutritious diet of children who maybe are pickier? I think that pickiness comes from a few things, sensory, texture, smell, and general sort of introduction. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to sensory and texture, a lot of kids might, might just look at something and think it's going to feel or taste a certain way, mm-hmm. or I may try something and don't like the way it feels in their mouth and will sort of not, I would say not develop an aversion, but just sort of resist it. When it's a smell, it's usually like, for example, I almost love cooking when my kids are not home because when they smell something, they're like, what is that? And I'm like, <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know, steak strips. And they're like, it smells like that. I'm like, yeah, that's what beef smells like when you cook yeah. it, but you don't smell it. You eat the end product. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I always like try to avoid, I mean, now they're older, so it's a little different, but like, and then of course the, the lack of introduction could just come from the fact that as a family, you might not eat something like Mm -hmm. you might not all eat meat or you might not all eat fish. And so I think that it's important to separate the three facets of of it. It's not necessarily falls into like an overarching picky eating, but it's just the way that food is sort of presented and how it's presented. So eating like, just try it. If you don't right. like it, you don't have to eat it. Just try it. And then mentally assuming and sort of accepting to yourself, okay, if he or she doesn't like this food, I'm okay with giving them A, B, C backup. For example, right. my second son, my first son is nine now and he, he's, I would say he's moving into the world of foodie. Like he loves mm-hmm. 
you know, he's really into flavor and all this mm. stuff. And he's, he's very um, curious. So he's trying everything and enjoying a lot of things. My younger one is like chicken tenders for life at this stage. Right? <laughs> and so, but he'll eat, a, he'll eat two vegetables um, and he'll have a ton of fruit with it. But there are days where we'll go out and I'm like, just try it. And he'll eat right. six bites. And I'm like, okay, you tried it, six bites. And the back of my mind, I'm like, well, when we go home, I'll give him, I'll give him, you know, two muffins. I bake a lot of like um, sort of my own recipes of muffins. I'll do mm. like like an oat flour muffin with like hemp seeds and flax seeds. And I'll just make a bunch and leave it in the freezer for these types of things. So Ooh, I'm always like, thinking of backups, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm like, it still counts as nutrition. Yeah. It does, just because they're not eating like the balanced plate look doesn't mean they're not getting the fuel that they need. Yeah. And don't forget, if it's not directly impacting their sleep and or mood, they're generally, they're doing fine. Like okay. the stress then goes on you because you're like, my child isn't that child that will eat the, I know. you know, you know, the salad before the entree and only wants the bread or butter in the bread. And you no, know, that's, it's on you. So in my mind, I'm like, if I give him a banana or, and, or a fruit and I give him two of these muffins and I'll give him a half cheese stick, that's a mini meal before bed right. to go. I used to stress out. I used to like come up with a, a foil wrapped of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, this is not worth it anymore. I don't right. want to stress about this. I'll take him there. We'll see what they have. We'll try it and we'll always have a backup and it'll just be available. Yeah. The backup is such a good like idea. That's what we, I mean, we usually just kind of default to like fruit, but it's like we make dinner and then we give them dinner. And then when they don't want their dinner, I'm like, okay, do you guys like whatever fruit that I have? And I'm like, I don't feel yogurt. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. great. Cheese sticks are great. Fro like, listen, like even Trader Joe's, like sometimes some of the fruit, they don't eat big portions. So like right. frozen stuff, like there's frozen, like little things that, that they might like kid friendly frozen stuff that you might see even like, even like 10 fries. Yeah. Like, you know, but that's potato. It's a starch and it's a good, it's a better starch than, you know, enriched pasta sometimes. So like any of those things could also kind of be your backup, you know, for yeah. just being able to like pull it together. Um, so how about with family meal dynamics there, you know, family meals are very crucial. How do you approach kind of creating a positive meal time for everyone, especially, I mean, really for any age, because toddlers are like chaotic and they don't want to be there. You know, teenagers, they they probably want to be on their phone middle. You know, it's just a lot of, and I grew up, I mean, we, family meals were so important, big family meals, small family meals. Um, and we obviously want to instill it with our kids too. I grew up the same way. Um, my mom, so we're South Asian, um, and my mm -hmm. mom loved to cook. And she, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we ate home cooked food four nights a week. Friday nights mm -hmm. was our night to go out to dinner. Um, and then inevitably Saturday night, we would be like a potluck dinner with family friends, but it was always home cooked food and then back to home cooked food on Sunday. And mm -hmm. my mom was always like, everyone eats together. Uh, and she would plate our food and, you know, kind of in that era of like, you got to finish your plate kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't remember having much choice growing up. So like, but like, that's not how it works today. Like, yeah. it's like, do you want cucumbers or red peppers? And would you prefer pasta with butter or pasta with sauce? And it's like, <laughs> you know, like, like a, like a short order chef kind of vibe, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but like, I think that the, 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 the main thing is, is that like, I sort of like, right around dinner, I'm like, guys, this is what we're having for dinner. Right. You can have it in your version and you can have it in your version. Mm -hmm. We're going to have it in our version. All of us can try each other's versions, but this is what's happening for dinner tonight. 
take it or leave it. And if Mm -hmm. you don't eat it, you don't get your dessert, which is fine. (laughs) No problem. And I'll still give you other food, but that's the negotiation. Right. And usually more often than not, my older son's like always like with it. He's like, oh yeah, I'll take it. And then like, he'll, you know, house it down and then enjoy his dessert to it, you know, upon, you know, (laughs) my younger son will negotiate a little, but he will usually get through 60 to 70% of the meal and, and finagle his way into dessert. But like, if I say it very like, I've made this, you know, I, you know, whatever. And, but it's like, you also have to figure out which family meals are going to be easy to rotate. For example, Mm -hmm. there are three things that we always have that are easy to rotate. Number one, we do, um, like pretty much two versions. I'll do like an almond flour, um, like a crusted chicken tender, like chicken nuggets for for me, like for, Mm -hmm. just because I like, I try to limit my starch just because of my genetic stuff. Um, but, and I'll like cut it and make it into like, a salad or I'll, I'll put marinara sauce and like melt some mozzarella cheese Ooh, on it. The same chicken nuggets will go to my older son and he'll dip it with ketchup and he'll have a side of rice or starch and then he'll have his like vegetables or he'll, he'll, he likes like a side salad. The younger one will just have his version of chicken nuggets, which is like right, we'll just make it regular panko and then he'll have like a, a vegetable and a fruit with it. So that's like one example we always have on hand. Like I usually make a batch and freeze it so it's ready to thaw. Um, the other, the other thing are like Mexican, like tacos. So cheese quesadilla, mm. steak quesadilla, steak or chicken quesadilla or fajitas, some sort of like, you know, uh, peppers and onions for me, for us. And then my son and the younger one usually gets like, he loves, he's liking guacamole now. So we'll do, uh, we'll make a guacamole and he'll have some avocado, you know, that'll be his like dipping into the, with the quesadilla. So like, it's kind of like figuring out what are the, what are two to three cuisines our family will eat without hassle right? and, and, and repeat it. Like if, yeah. if it's not broke, you know, you have to fix it. Like if it's, it's, there's no judgment on eating quesadillas five days a week. If right. it works, it works. It's, it's wholesome. It is nourishing and it, you know, it, it satisfies your children's, you know, taste buds. So why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so, so helpful for, I mean, with kids of all ages, I feel like that's, advice that you can take through. Wait, I just want to say one thing. I do want to say like my biggest thing in all of this is like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be judging yourself to be so creative right? or, or, or be, or try to, to do something. So, you know, like you see, you follow people on Instagram, you follow people, you see what everyone makes. And that's not to say that like, if you even did 10% of that, it would be more than enough. Like right. everyone's always like trying to strive to make like the best looking, tastiest health. It doesn't exist. Right. If it's tasty and it's delicious, it's likely not that healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, and then you got to eat a portion of it. So like you, you just have to take that pressure off. And if, if it's not in your repertoire of, of how you function, you just got to take that pressure off and go back to the basics. Yeah. And that's such a good advice too, because I feel as though like for me, if I'm like, if I do make something like really nice, of course I'm going to post it to Instagram so everyone can see, but like that's maybe like once a week that I'm posting that. And then, you know, every other night is the basic protein, you know, um, vegetable starch. And it's like, but if everybody's doing that and you're going through and all different people are posting at different you know, times and you're like, Oh my God, they're having this like beautiful meal. And then the next day, Oh, they're having this beautiful meal, but I'm having this. But it's when you kind of look at it, it's like, well, maybe they're only doing it once a week too. So there's no, you you know, they're not doing it every night. Um, which is something I think that people kind of, they don't always remember that. No. And I, and this is, that's why like, I also go back to reminding people, like you, if you've made the effort and you're making something, 
double the recipe and freeze half of it because right. like you put the effort in. Like if it's like I do like, for example, meatballs, I will mm-hmm. make a big sheet pan of meatballs. I'll double the recipe. I'll make 50 meatballs. I'll freeze, yeah. you know, a good 30 of them. And it's around like it's easy because it, it's easy to thaw a couple and make a meatball sub for my older son for lunch on a weekend. It's right. easy to throw on top of pasta for me or my husband. It's mm-hmm. easy to give, you know, to my little one with a side of veggies. Like it's just backup. Yeah. So it's like creating that, that safe space of backups too is also part of the, um, the process that I try to advise on. That's great. Um, so for the next part, I kind of want to go into like pregnancy to perimenopause and then also through like different life cycles and specifically pregnancy. So kind of the, all the things that the moms are not sure how to navigate. But let's talk specifically about life cycles. Women go through significant life transitions. How can you proactively manage your health during these phases, especially considering hormonal changes? I think that the biggest thing to remember is that you have to eat. Like a lot of people sort of go into this restriction mode Mm -hmm. uh, or forgetful mode of not eating. And I'm like, if you do that, your body holds on to fat and you're not going to lose weight. If your goal is to transition from, you know, pregnancy weight into postpartum and and kind of looking and feeling your old self, not eating is the worst way to try to get to that. Mm -hmm. So it's understanding that you need the fuel to let your body function or else it's going to hold on to what it knows best because it's not going to be able to survive. Mm -hmm. So kind of giving that little, you know, sort of intro education, but predominantly, you know, if it's, if it's sort of like the transition between the pregnancy and, and the reason we're even addressing this pregnancy to perimenopause is because many women are having their children later Mm -hmm. or they have multiple children and they're, they're, they're maybe their third or fourth kid is, is when they're in their late thirties and early forties. And that can sometimes trigger the perimenopause because it's like the body is just shifted. It's aging. It's just the natural Mm -hmm. age process. So it's shifted into that next cycle. And the biggest thing to remember is healthy fats. Like I really love encouraging people to like, if they don't have an allergy, like nuts and seeds, like a spoonful of, you know, like a nut butter that you love, almond butter, peanut butter, and whatever mixed seeded nut butter. Um, You know, like I said, cheese sticks, whole milk, whole milk Greek yogurt, whole milk probiotic yogurt, the Skyr yogurts, um, any kind of like sort of uh, dense, like if you're eating, you know, whether you're having like a seeded bread or, you know, adding like the extra hemp seeds, um, flax seeds, chia seeds to things, all really great sources of fuel and nutrition for the body. Um, And kind of breaking it down and also going back to the roots with like eggs and, you know, whole milk, if you don't have a dairy issue, just reminding people that some of the basics are extremely nutritious and, you know, kind of giving them a guide, like eight ounces, right? size, you can do it, you know, no problem. Um, And so kind of addressing some of those um, old school things that we used to do that actually work. Um, I'm, I really encourage them to avoid, like, don't do anything low fat, you know, don't do anything like don't restrict eat. Um, Obviously, Try to eat less processed foods for the sodium and the salt because that can cause, you know, bloating, weight retention. Um, you might feel less energetic this way. Um, so the goal for me in these types of sort of phase and transition, as we're talking now, is maintaining your energy levels, maintaining your caloric intake so that you're not holding on to fat and being able to function and sort of mm-hmm. have that momentum of how you eat affects how you sleep and how you sleep affects how you are the next day and keeping that momentum going. 
And how about for um, like exercise? What do you think? Is there like a a switch in the exercise that you should be really focusing on? I really try to get people to either focus on, you know, something like a power walk. Like if you can't get outside and you have access to a treadmill, great. If you're working from home and you have access to one of those like walking, Mm -hmm. you know, like pads, um, however it fits into your schedule, but like 20 minutes of walking is a huge positive impact on your health. 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So, you know, I, I, I try to do that and I try to, um, I also emphasize core because the core is what is the weakest for most of us. And it's because our lives have become more sedentary as we age. We just sit more. We, right. we're, we're not, you know, hunting and gathering. We're not in that, that that world anymore, right? So when we're sitting more, like everything is inactive. And so that's when back pain starts. That's when sciatic pain starts. That's when knee pain kicks in. Um, you know, neck pain from like sitting at, you know, typing away or like on your phone. So getting that core focus exercises are are big for even for transitions after pregnancy because you know you've you've gone through that that change so right. i'm really big on like pilates pilates based strength training resistance mm-hmm. to pilates based strength training even deep yoga stretching like like holding each pose and like powering like like a power yoga like right those are extremely powerful in in, yeah. in a positive way so besides pregnancy and uh, perimenopause, what are some other life cycles that maybe women especially are going through um, that they would have to adjust their nutrition and health? I think before, you know, before pregnancy, it starts with fertility. And I, mm-hmm. and I always tell people that, you know, I don't want you to stress out about what you have to give up to try to get pregnant. There's right. no exact science to any of it. There's no exact, if this, then that. It's more of like understanding that you have to do everything in moderation. So. You want to go out and socialize with your friend who just turned 32, but you're trying for a child, go and have a glass of champagne and celebrate her birthday. And like, like I said, have it at 530, have it at six so that, you know, you feel better about the choices that you're making. Um, You want to have a, you know, you want to have a bagel and, you know, bacon, egg and cheese in the morning have it scoop out half your bagel, have half of the sandwich for, you know, breakfast, have the other half for, for lunch. Like you can, you can still bacon is, is, you know, has nitrites. It is cooked. It is not a great fat, but it's once in a while. Like these are things that like, I feel like everyone's like, well, I can't eat this. And I've stopped eating this and I'm kind of just keeping them like a little bit more of a reality check from fertility that goes into pregnancy and pregnancy you know, there's no, again, there's no exact science because nobody, no pregnant woman, very few pregnant, pregnant women would, would have gone into a trial that was say, right. try it and see what happened. <laughs> so it's more of just, you know, managing everything that it's, it's, it's really about managing symptoms. Mm-hmm. So you start off the first trimester. If you're feeling these symptoms, it is, it is managing those symptoms. I always tell people don't stress and think about weight gain. I gained 47 pounds in both my pregnancies. The first pregnancy, I was happy. I ate peanut butter. I loved like walks. I was, I was vibing mm-hmm. and it was a, you know, a good flow. The second pregnancy, I had my toddler. I was sick for the first 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. I couldn't touch peanut butter. Salads and smoothies made me throw up, yeah. um, but I gained the same amount of weight and, and right. I gained a lot of weight at the end of the pregnancy, but I, I wasn't even eating. It's your body's going to do what it does. So mm-hmm. like pregnancy, I always say it's about managing symptoms and also being cognizant of your genetic history. So if you're just susceptible to, like if you're, an, if you're having a pregnancy a little bit later in life and you're susceptible to um, pre-diabetes and it runs in your family or you've, you know, you've got 
something that's looming, then you got to be more cognizant of it because gestational diabetes is an issue. You know, high blood pressure in pregnancy is an issue. So these are things we want to make sure of. Like, let's watch our sodium and processed food mm-hmm. intake. Like, some of the smarter, you know, food concepts are still, um, you know, pertinent in pregnancy. Right. And then you get into postpartum and it's, for me, it's all about energy. Yeah. Keeping your energy up. If you're trying to nurse, don't skimp on those calories. If you're producing milk and don't expect weight loss if you're producing milk, because <sighs> it, it's a high number. Like I would say close to 60 to 70% of women don't lose weight until they officially stop nursing. The There's biggest no- myth. <laughs> the biggest myth that's out there. It's like, oh, if you breastfeed, you're going to lose all this weight. I never had like major cravings during pregnancy. I ate so many carbs postpartum when I was breastfeeding. It was insane. Like, and I was like, what? I'm just re- like, so hungry all the time. And I feel like I was more unhealthy in those like, you know, that that time than I was during any other point of my life, really, you know, that's not a, that's the norm. Actually. Yeah. So, you know, that, that being said, you know, my goal is always like staying there. Like, I always kind of have to remind people like, and I'm also like, it's a phase. Like that's mm-hmm. why we talk about these as cycles and phases because nothing is forever. Right. So it's going to end. And when it ends, you can start that journey and commit yourself to mm-hmm. energy and, you know, keeping, we're keeping energy up. Cause now you have one, two, three kids and you got to manage motherhood and parenting and all of that. And so that's mm-hmm. where the wellness hacks come in. The family hacks come in, the, the mindful eating strategies, the intuitive eating strategies. And, and then we go, you know, we go into from motherhood into, you know, perimenopause and menopause. And we sort of start making sure that we're eating enough calcium, we're eating enough iron, and we're integrating strength training, bone, you know, keeping our bone densities up and, and sort of making sure that those, um, and, you know, working on anti-inflammatory and just sort of like working through those emotional and, and, and physiological, you know, sort of changes that, that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, oh, that's such great advice for all levels. And I think, especially as women, we have to just be so patient cognizant and yeah. And patient. And it, it is because I'm just pretty, I, I would say like officially out of postpartum because um, having two kids, two under two, and it was just like, a lot. Um, and my youngest is 18 months. And I feel like, you know, probably for the last like, five to nine months, I guess I felt pretty normal. But it's, it's very hard when you're in the postpartum, and then you're, you're still comparing yourself to other people. Well, that person just had a baby and they look, they look like this. And that person just and you know, maybe that person has um, you know, postpartum depression and they're not eating yes. and that's why they're yes. so skinny or, yes. you know, they're not taking care of themselves. And I'm not saying that's with everybody, but like the bounce back after pregnancy is so stressful. Um, and it's just like, you just have to be patient and wait until it's done and then you can start working on yourself. And, you know, age does play a role. If you've had a child a little bit later in life, it's, it's your, 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 Age and your, you know, it, it's not saying that you can't do that. There's no shaming on anything, but right. naturally your, your body isn't going to rebound or right. change mm-hmm. as quickly. So some, some things have to be, some of your behavioral strategies have to be a little bit more strict, so to speak. Like maybe you right. have to eat dinner by 630, three nights or four nights a week and really make sure you get that protein in so that mm-hmm. you're burning, you know, so you're, 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 you know, being very cognizant of the caloric intake and the macro intake. But at the same time, it's an 80-20 rule. You go back mm-hmm. to 80% of the time, you you stay on, on track, and 20% of the time, you live a little, whatever that right. means for you. 
so that there's a balance. We love, I love the 80, 20 with like everything in life. It's so, you know, our kids yeah. sleep with our, our nutrition, with every, with our exercise. I'm like, if we're doing it 80% of the time, I'm not going to stress the other 20% because exactly. like it's life and you can't be perfect. All right. So you gave us so much information. Um, we learned, you know, from childhood to menopause, basically how we need to <laughs> give ourselves the proper nutrition. So what's uh, your best piece of advice that you could leave the listeners with in regards to keeping healthy habits? Oh boy. I mean, I said there's <laughs> lots of habits, but I will say that probably if there's something that you want and you want it really bad and the thought keeps coming back, have it. Mm-hmm. Don't push it away because at the end of the day, what you do in that moment isn't going to have, I mean, I'm, and I'm assuming this is, you're gravitating towards like, I don't know, cheese, a mm-hmm. glass of wine, something delicious like a, a port or chocolate something. I mean, I don't know what it is. Or it could just be a pizza slice, whatever. It's not going to be that impactful where it's going to deter your momentum that you've been mm-hmm. working towards. And it's, it's you got to think about isolate the moments and, mm-hmm. and, and manage that satiety factor. Because the more happy you are, and that feeling that you feel, it's going to keep you on track. And you've given yourself that urge. You feel satisfied. You're going to be mm-hmm. ex- more committed to to keeping that, you know, the health in check. So yeah. I would say that would probably be, be my biggest advice. Yeah. I think that's intuitive. such be great advice. Yeah. Intuitive eating is super important. Um, well, that's a perfect way to end it. So that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of the Running Wine Mom podcast. Thank you so much, Anita, for sharing everything, uh, nutrition, fitness, and wellness. Uh, you are so informative. Thank you so much. I am so thankful for being able to connect with you and um, being a resource to your listeners. Um, it's been It's been awesome. Um, yes it was amazing so as always if you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing leaving a review and sharing it you can also follow me on instagram at the running wine mom underscore and anita where can the listeners find you um my instagram is at fitnut fitness nutrition so fitnut anita um and my website is my first name last name.com you can always just drop a message Yeah. And I'll link all of that for everyone to see as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember you are strong, you are capable, and you are all amazing. Until next time, keep running, keep sipping, and keep embracing the joy of motherhood. Cheers. And I will be back next Tuesday.